What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? How's everyone feeling today? It is your girl, Melanie Charles. And your co-host, Uni Mo. And as you know, you're listening to the Make Jazz Chill Again podcast. We are feeling good today, and we have an old pal here to chat with us. Uni, I'll let you take over. Yes. Today, we have a very special friend joining us who is an incredible musician, an incredible educator, an incredible tap dancer that I'm sure many of you are extremely familiar with. And if you're not familiar with, you're going to be incredibly amazed in the future when you go check her out and play. And ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary kings, queens, and royalty, <laughs> give it up for Michaela Lerman. I'm so, so happy to happy, be here. We're happy to have you. Have you done any podcasts before? Like a lot, or I feel like this this feels special. This feels like exclusive, like moment right now. This is particularly special. This is because of just how long I've known both of y'all and our friendship. The other podcasts I've done are definitely nowhere as near personal or you know, you know, special to me. So this is this is awesome. Oh, this is well, this is extremely special for us. And oh, there's so much about you that is so unique. And you're such a unicorn. Um Mm-mm. first of all, when when you're a jazz musician, you are a unicorn, and you're a female jazz musician, you're a unicorn. But in particular for what you do, Michaela, as a tap dancer and musician, um, you're a unicorn in jazz on top of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's pretty amazing to have seen you grow and flourish and just get better and better and better. Even when I first when I first heard you play, I think it was probably at Fat Cat. <laughs> I think so. Same, same with the, on the wooden plank on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, what? Yeah. I The only time I had ever experienced tap dancing was like, I had taken tap classes when I was, um, when I was young for about 10 years. And the only thing I've, the only person I've seen do it with a, a jazz ensemble, but not just like playing with, Aside, alongside musicians, you were improvising on top uh-huh. of that. Uh-huh. And a lot of what most people experience tap to be is like in a Broadway type setting uh-huh. um, in that realm. And the closest thing I saw come to that was would probably be Savion, Savion Glover. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But even still, even uh-huh. from Aside from that level, yeah, no one is doing it yeah. the way that you oh. do. And I just want to give you all of the mm. praise, all of the flowers. I hate when people say, yeah. I want to give you your flowers. It's like the trendy thing to say. But, <laughs> but it's true, though. So it's okay. It's so true. And oh. we've had, you and I have had a lot of conversations about just the challenges that come with with you doing this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the way that you do because you're extremely percussive you're you listen to the music beyond what any other tap dancer has ever done you've studied it you've improvised i've seen you do john coltrane solos <laughs> <laughs> with your feet <laughs> Bars. <laughs> Such bars. <laughs> Literal bars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been a it's been a journey, you know. I it, and I appreciate so much um what you said about the stacks and layers of unicornness and 
you know, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it because it doesn't feel that magical all the time, you know, with those struggles of being those unicorns and trying to get people to understand um, every aspect of it. So I appreciate what you just said so much. It touched my heart so much. And um, thank you for the reminder of the magic. (laughs) I think something that in addition to what Uni has articulated, I've enjoyed watching your interaction with musicians mm. and how we, you and I have never talked about this, but from the outside, it looks like you have a closeness with a lot of our jazz um, forefathers and foremothers, mm-hmm. you know, um, in, a, in a way almost like a, a, a typical, the instrumentalist would be, but mm-hmm. you don't think about that in terms of a tap, a movement, a person who does movement, mm-hmm. having that connection with the musicians. Um, I want to know about that. Like, I feel like you have probably such a well of knowledge of this Black American music. Like, what is something that like immediately stands out? Like, yeah, this is what my OG told me. Well. You know, it, it for me, it's always felt so like normal and natural. And I never really realized that my relationships with people or, or what I was doing was um, unique. Because, it, it, you know, I grew up here in New York. I've mm-hmm. been in this world. I started when I was five. I started at a dance studio called Woodpecker's in the city that was all tap dance studio. It was not a dance school. It was a tap dance uh, place. It was like a mecca. Why was it tap? What made you choose tap? Oh, I chose tap because I saw Gregory Hines. And that is kind of like why I was on this trajectory. being a a musician, tap dancer, improvisational person, because I grew up uh, seeing old classic Hollywood films, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, Nicholas Brothers, all all that kind of stuff, and I loved it. But when I Mm. saw Gregory and what he was doing, um, it just like hit me like a, a bolt of lightning. You know, it's just like, I was five, you know, it's not like I really knew anything that was going on. I was just so like struck by it. And I was like, I have to do this. I have to meet him. I have to find him. Um, This is really it for me. And finding Woodpecker's uh, tap studio was incredible because um, it was where he practiced a lot. And it was where a lot of the master tap mm. dancers practice. And it, mm. because it was this tap school, it was already rooted in this connection between jazz and tap dance or mm-hmm. Black American music and tap dance. And um, mm-hmm. so, so my awareness and my connection to the music was, was kind of immediate. Um, so then... Um, you know, I grew up, uh, with my mentors. I I was mentored by a lot of the old master hoofers, tap dancers, uh, Buster Brown, Jimmy Sly, Leroy Myers. Um, these are all very familiar names to tap dancers. Um, Mm. these are like the miles and the Coltrane's of, of tap. Um, and you know, they were mentoring me and they were bringing me to all these clubs all around the city, particularly in Harlem, you know, so I grew up going to these clubs 11 years old, like sitting in, jamming with, learning how to interact with a band, learning how to um, take a solo, improvise. That was just my training. So it was very different yeah. than what a lot of... um other dancers were experiencing in their educational journey, you right, know, of right. learning how to tap. 
Right. That's what I was going to say is like, when I, when you think of it, like tap dancing is so different from any other style because it's, it kind of is a mixture of street dance in the sense of like how it's like a group. And then it's like, all right, now you say what you got to say and you take a solo, Mm -hmm. like, like a regular ballet ballerina, like there is choreography already set and Mm -hmm. you know, you hit the, there's, that's amazing as well. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. (laughs) But like to have like the improvisation, improvisation element and then like also knowing form like you know forms like any like bassist pianist drummer like you know the form <laughs> and I know in dance like you cut you count like there's like a lot of b- eight bars yeah, like yeah. I used to dance too and like I I, I loved it but oh child respect to, to you the professionals but like when is tap and what specifically within a jazz or black American setting the counts are different right Everything is different. The approach is different. The the, mm. the spirit of it is different. You know, you it, it's it's very hard. Tap has always lived in this kind of nexus crossroads of like, you know, there's lots of debate. Is it Irish and African? Is it just African? Is it this? Is it that? And it's like, mm. you know, when you get down to the root of it, and you get down to the the um the nitty gritty of it, you know, all, all those things, all those counting, all those, all those polyrhythms, all those things. Mm -hmm. There are trajectories, you know, if you look at Broadway, you can see that that has been more influenced by maybe the Irish side of things, but then when you Mm -hmm. go to jazz tap dancing, improvisational tap dancing, you see that Mm -hmm. this is really rooted in, an African tradition is rooted in call and response. It's rooted in, in, in all those, in all those okay. things. And it's, you know, tap yeah. is so diverse and those questions of origin and stuff is really like, you know, just like in jazz, there's lots of different genres of jazz. Mm-hmm. You, know? you don't just say mm-hmm. jazz and, you know, and everybody knows mm-hmm. you're talking about Robert Glasper mm-hmm. or Louis Armstrong. No one knows what you're talking about. You say jazz and it's like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. It's the same mm-hmm. within tap dance. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so you really have to look at the the genre of tap dance even that you are practicing and and studying and looking at. And you have to take that into account in your approach when you're learning as well. You know, you can't take the same mindset from a musical theater tap dance class and then try to go sit in at St. Nick's pub at 1 a.m. You know what I mean? It's it's not going to work. Oh my gosh, St. Nick's pub. (laughs) That was such a historic place. Oh my gosh. Like, I feel like I have flashbacks of you tap performing. Okay. Do you have a preferred way that people articulate the, the art that you do? Like, is it tap? Is it dance? Is it, what do you, what feels That's right? That's a great you? question. Um, one which I've never really had the luxury of defining, you know, mm. so it's kind of the first time anybody's ever really asked me that question. Um, you know, I think it depends on the day uh, or the setting that I'm in. I I, I feel like tap dancer is um, always appropriate, you know, Mm, but if you get into it, you call somebody a hoofer, that's when you start, like, again, going back to understanding those genres of, of, of where somebody is in their journey and in their practice of being a so when, when, when would you say hoofer yeah when would you say hoofer i would consider myself a hoofer i would consider someone like savion a hoofer you know those those are those are people who have adopted tap dance as a lifestyle as a as a way mm-hmm. of being as a um uh mm. they're they're taking into account uh, all those foundational things we were just, you know, speaking about the roots mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. the call and response, you know, the, 
it's a spiritual it's like a practice you know it's like a real uh-huh. it's it's rooted in your spirit it's not mm. uh it's not your you know your job where does that word come from hoofer um, you know people are probably gonna have all kinds of things to say to me that i don't know how to define this right now but um uh, you know it's the hoof it's the hoof of your of your foot it's it, uh-huh. it's, it has to do with that and it's uh-huh. really interesting actually um to talk about that uh because the, um the hoof the horse the sound of the horse mm-hmm. and the hoof mm-hmm. um i've been doing a lot of like uh deep diving into mm-hmm. percussion and percussive dance from around the world and mm-hmm. you know there's um there's nawa music from morocco and north africa there's uh uh flamenco music, there's uh, very similar stuff called Tarantella from Southern Italy and Sicily, um, mm. all having to do with the sound of horses' hooves on the, on the pave, on the cobblestones. Um, so that mm. is really the, the, the idea of where hoofing comes from, is the sound of the hooves, the metal on the ground. Um, yeah so and, and then other people also you know there's the there's the um people sometimes don't know whether to say uh you know you played well or you danced well or you tapped right, well right, yeah. uh, what do you prefer i like play you know i nice. think that that's where i'm at in my mind you know wow <laughs> This is so interesting. I love it. How do you like, yeah, it's so when you, when you bring up now that we're on the subject of like hoofing and the sound of, of like the horses horseshoe on the pavement or the cobblestones, you sparked um, something in my mind when it comes to like, as a, as a musician, we think about our sound Mm-hmm. In general, like mm-hmm. as a saxophonist, I'm like, oh, long tones. I want, I want my sound to be darker, or I want it to be brighter, or I want it to. That's a big thing in our in our practice. Mm-hmm. When it's your sound, like, how do you develop that? And like, yeah, with like, what is your preferred sound? Like, what are you going for with that? That's a great, great question. question. That's a great question. Um, you know, it can start with um the tools that we use so the shoes and the floor you know there are there are modifications you can make to your shoes to change uh the pitches or the um the the sound you get out of them you can build the soles of the shoe thicker or thinner to get a different sound you can add little there's all kinds of little things you can add there um, mm. there are these taps called jingle taps. Not many people use them, but they're like, uh, almost like think of like a tambourine or something. It's like loose rivets, uh, you know, yeah. there's like, there's like jingly kind of sounds you can get out of them. So you kind of start there with your shoes and then mm. the floor is kind of the next place. Um, mm-hmm. and after you know, running around for many years, I, uh, you know, in the past, like, 10 to 15 years of what I've been doing, like, I, I have to bring my own floor now, like, I can't uh, rely really on whatever they're going to provide, you know, because it's, it completely changes your sound. I mean, it's like, you got, wow. a, you know, it's like when you show up to a gig a pianist, there's a good piano and a bad piano, piano's mm-hmm. out of tune. It's the same, it's the same thing. Um, really? oh <laughs> you know, you know what's so crazy? Cause I feel like I, I've always, like I said, I always seen you with that. With the, I call it the wooden plank. And also there's this, I don't know if you know him, Calvin Booker. Of He's course, also- we grew up. I feel like he's a hoofer, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he he and I grew up together. We grew up around a lot of these 
same people. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We danced together so, a lot. I've seen you guys carry around this thing. And I always just thought it's because like wherever club it is, they'd be mad at you for like messing up the floor. So you guys just bring that to like protect the floor. <laughs> That's I didn't realize. Okay. I didn't realize it affected the sound though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Totally and affects been, the sound. I've been seeing you also have, Bringing in the elements of um, what is it called? What what's the proper term? Triggers, not uh, yeah, yeah, like electronic kind of sounds. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. yeah. So that okay. that serves kind of like its own. Yes. That's its own, oh. and it's kind of like a giant NPC. Basically, <laughs> it's like I have my wooden pads that I that I tap to get different sounds. Um, Ooh, I would love to see that in action. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've, I've never really, I, I want to dedicate so much more time to mm. that. I know, once you so start bringing in the electronic <laughs> instruments, it's, yeah. it's a whole nother, it's a whole other like, thing. It's another instrument. <laughs> It's so also a whole other thing technique-wise, you know, you have to dance very differently because now mm-hmm. there are notes and you have to know where they are. And it's a really, it's a really um, intricate kind of process uh, mm-hmm. with, the, with the electronics. So I, I, you know, hope one of these days, this, chunk of time comes where I could just really sit with it and like mm-hmm. explore. Um, but I have a question. Yeah. Because what you do is so like one of a kind, um, like a band leader or a band may not know like how to interact with what you do. Like how does it happen for you to even align with a band to perform or do or do the myriads of ways in which you present your art like i know now at this point you're in the community so people know if they're reaching out to you they know why mm-hmm. they're you know what i mean yeah, yeah, but I like am i making sense like yeah. how does that that point how does that work for what you do how how do um how do people approach incorporating me in their stuff? Yes. Like, like I feel like whenever you, whenever I've seen you, okay, let me put it this way. It's always been in a way that is very intentional that your art is part of this moment, this mm-hmm. performance. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's so such a rarity that I guess, I guess I'm saying it kind of feels like, like when there's a harp, like we don't always see harp, yeah, but yeah. there are moments where harp is part of the texture. And I know that that's a, it takes a lot for that to even, for us to even be able to experience the harp in this space. Mm-hmm. And for you to like join with the band in the ways that you do, it's like, okay, so like, like rehearsals, like, like, how does one like conceptualize, conceptualize adding, <sighs> adding this element to a band is, Cause it's not necessarily yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, you know, every, every situation has been different. Um, and you know, sometimes it goes well and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I have to be very, very, um, humble, you know, and just let the band leader use me as a tool you know, and fit into what they want me to do. And maybe it's not exactly how I would do it, but I got to, you know, um, work with them. But that humility Mm. in that moment has also taught me so much, you know, Mm. because um, maybe that band leader is now, showing me a new way I could do something. So it's, it's really, mm. I have to be very patient a lot of the time, especially oh. at the beginning of my career. You know, I had to be very mm. like, okay, I know like 
one, I'm a woman, and then two, like I'm doing this thing that is very different than all the other instrumentalists up here. So I have to just kind of like get in where I fit in. Right. And then, um, you know, through time I learned. And someone, someone who really helped me kind of pull that together was, was Roy mm-hmm. Hargrove. Because um, mm. I was sitting in at all those sessions. This is even before I was like, had my own session at Fat Cat. It was just like when I was just sitting in at them, you know, mm-hmm. like 17 or 18 or whatever. Um, he would be around and I would go to these sessions with uh, a really good friend of mine, another tap dancer named Joseph. Wigan and um we would go to all the sessions smalls fat cat zinc we just just pop around you know till like 6 a.m you know and Mm um you know after a while roy was like you know come over here he's like wait till everybody solos and then right before the drummer solos you solo and he told me that it like unlocked a world for me and now i was able to sit in at these sessions i knew what to do and i was doing it in a way that was acceptable to all the other musicians there I wasn't. I love shout that. out to Roy. Oh my God. Shout out to Roy. We changed Roy. the world with that. Game session le- as a jam session leader oh, teaching wow. us so much. Yeah, he teaches. He, he always taught so what much. To say. Oh exactly. my gosh. Like, he knew how to make everybody sound good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And be their best selves. Yep. But it's also like, a testament to you because you because you're you're an artist mm-hmm. that's the other thing mm-hmm. because you know there are people who are incredible like saxophone players and they're they they play their musicians they're practitioners mm-hmm. but not everybody is an artist and in order to be an artist you it's a personal journey and the like what you've described like most tap dancers go to tap school and take tap lessons mm-hmm. and they're going there and you know choreography but you, you, part of your education was like the university of the streets and knowing how to interact in real time. Amen. What's really <laughs> happening. That's it. That's it. That is exactly what it was like um, growing up. You know, I, I did. And I'm not saying I didn't go to lessons. I, d- I did take tap lessons. Um, but. What I really learned and applied was everything I learned, like you said, in the street or in the club or, you know, Mm -hmm. in the moment um, Mm -hmm. directly from the people in the moment. It was it was it was was the most unique experience. And, uh, you know, I'm very, very blessed and lucky to have had that experience uh so yeah yeah can you you recently put together well you did this in two instances and we we talked about this before um you took betty carter's book Uh and then you took abby lincoln's book and brought the element of tap in into their music Mm. And in in the most like amazing ah, chef's kiss way, <laughs> <laughs> and you've wow. also brought in so many of the of the elders and the people that have been part of that legacy. Like mm. you've Mark Carey is one of them, right? Mm. Is it his Mark? Name? Mark didn't do he no. Didn't Mark didn't do it. do it. Yeah. No, Jeff Taylor. Oh. Jeff Taylor. Oh, you're thinking about the Betty time. The ba- I'm thinking about actually both. Both you had. Well, the Betty time you had Renard. You had Curtis Lundy. Yeah. You had, Her you had Oh wow. Um, Jackie Terrison. Yeah. Um, I fell into that one. I didn't book that, that one. Back. 
However, <laughs> this time around, you had this Tane. time around, I had Tane and Charnay. Mm. Yeah, for the, and you guys were doing the music of Abby. Abby, Matt, it was it was Max Roach. It was, it, this is all unique. It was a magical conceptualization. It was all unique. I'm not gonna take credit for it. The very first thing was out of my mind, but this was all unique. Um, mm, it was the, we insist. <laughs> yes, the Freedom Now Suite. Freedom I now love suite. that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, what? So, are you saying? So, for those of us who were, did not have the luck to experience that, uh-huh. what did? So, what did it consist of? Like, were you like doing? Like, how? How did you reinterpret it for tap? Yeah. Well, I mean, just the way I would do it. Any other um, gig, you know, it's just like this is the music that we're going to do, um, and you know, my my I, I choreograph some stuff to it, um, and you know, when I choreograph, I try to leave a lot of space for the other dancers to express themselves and I try to find other dancers that are mm. strong improvisers and can you know I'll just call shit out to them. Can I can I cuss? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just yeah. call them out to them. Um yeah. <laughs> uh you know in the moment uh on the on so the floor. A, so you had a couple of Dancers for this one? I had two other dancers with me. Uh, One was Mm. named Roxanne King and was named Orlando Hernandez. Um, Mm. And, um, you know, it's really hard to explain my process because it's so organic. It's just like, Mm -hmm. I just listen to the music um, Mm -hmm. and I try to, you know, I choreograph how it's supposed to sound first and then I stage it. So are you, is your choreography p- p- playing like the melodies that Abby was singing? Was some, was the pianist playing the melodies or are you playing the melodies? No, nope, pianist was playing the melodies. Oh, rather, Charnay was really singing most of Sh- the melodies. Char- oh, okay, Charnay. Yeah, Charnay. yeah. So, so that's, okay. that's that, all that's kind of happening in a quote-unquote normal kind of way. The music is, is happening, and what I'm doing is I'm adding another layer to it that um, supports it or mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. floats above it a little bit, almost like an oil and water situation. It, it's a contrast to it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to create textures and different sounds for each particular song that are appropriate. Um, Mm. So it's really. um, And is the band, is there anyone that's like laying out in that? At times, at times it, it just depends, you know, like, um, in it, like in all Africa, in the in the Freedom Now Suite, um, the whole band laid out, and it was just tap and tame for fire, wow. like, dope. you know, dope. eight dope. minutes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, that makes that's like perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, like you and Tane were going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I choreographed some stuff. I choreographed as a That right? Yeah, that was like. Ooh. Oh wait, hold on! I got another idea. <laughs> Melanie doing all Africa like you usually do, and then you, Michaela, y'all got to do that together. Yeah, that would y'all got to do so that duo. That would be yeah. amazing. I would love that. I would love that because I love doing it duo with like drums, but to do that duo with tap. Let's try to make that happen. Let's try to make that happen. I would love that. 
I feel that's why I'm asking these specific questions because like I really want to <laughs> understand like how it works and how you desire for it to work too. Because like I feel like sometimes people might call someone in to play and like they don't keep, they don't call they don't have in mind also like what the the person that they're calling to play might want to offer and like how's the best way they can do that. And what makes sense? I feel like no, today my, makes, my words aren't coming no, out no, right. No, no, no. Oh, you make sense. <laughs> that made total sense. And you know that goes back to kind of what I was saying before. You know, kind of evolving into this new role of owning that space to sort of mm-hmm. like I, I i had to even still but it's better now um that humility thing of having to you know wait for that learning curve to happen every every new band i step into do they get the, my function? Do they, you know, mm-hmm. how can I do, you know, because then also you don't know if, if a band leader is going to get funny or jealous that you're taking attention away because you're dancing. So it's like all these little, Ooh. little. Have you encountered that? Oh, yeah, of course. What? Of course. I'm of not course. surprised to fix this. I'm of surprised because, like, I feel like isn't that the purpose? Don't, isn't that like why we want you in there? Is because you're doing something that's so amazing. We want people to experience that. I'm confused. People are crazy. You know, people are people are just crazy, and you know they don't know they don't they don't expect that I know what I'm doing. They don't know I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna be able to solo that way. You know, there's lots of variables. There's lots and lots of variables, and I have to approach every situation even still with the you know anything good that happens is is a bonus wow i have to almost <laughs> step in there in worst case scenario mindset yep. always like i've seen you experience that for with with like with older musicians like mm-hmm. veterans mm-hmm. and i've seen you navigate it navigate it with People that aren't well was well known. So like I hear you because I've, I've seen mm-hmm. I've been on the sideline being like, oh my gosh, this is getting a little dicey. Yeah, you just <laughs> never know how somebody's gonna react to it, and then you know, and then on top of it, the style that you're doing, you know, like me as a woman, you know, I have had to fight for years, like in the dance community, and then. A little bit outside when you know people i don't dance like a lady you know like i i, I go hard i i do i hoof you know i i i get in there and especially as a young person oh my god that was like the most offensive thing to everybody why don't you smile why don't you use your arms why don't you dress like this why don't you do this why don't you do that it's like, cause I want to dance like one of the guys. I don't, but I still want to be me. And it, it just, there's a lot of variables like that still. Mm-hmm. So that's also a play on the bandstand as well. It's like, um, you just never know how somebody's going to react. And this all, all sounds very negative. I've had so many beautiful, amazing, positive, incredible experiences as well. So I don't want to, like no it doesn't sound negative at all yeah it's real I mean it's real yeah yeah. Yeah. I mean even for me in singing like whenever I'm being called in for a band that I I'm not usually I don't usually sing with like it always feels like it always is like a worst case scenario you know there's never enough rehearsal you know the sound check is always kind of funny you know like that's the real talk it's like you know, there's one thing about our creativity, our skill, our preparedness internally, but like once we on we hit that stage, it is kind of like a survival. Yeah, mode. <laughs> absolutely. You don't know what's gonna happen. You don't, you don't know. But that's that's the beauty of it. And yep, that's it. Yeah, beauty. Yeah, that's it. So I I feel like we could like 
go on and on for hours about this because it's like the more you're telling us, the more like I'm like, oh, like it's like explaining things that I've seen you do and other um, tap dancers do in the past. Because like um, I know we, we we probably should be going to troll trivia, but just one thing you talked about the hands. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's true. Like there's a specific like genre of tap dancing that I feel like it's all like um you know it's it's like all these tricks and all and I feel like when you what you do it's like you're like talking with your feet and it's like very intentional what you're saying it's not about all that other those other things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you put that in there when you want to but like that's not your main intention yeah um and are are you saying that that like that it was it's because why is that the mode in which you want? I know one thing you mentioned is because you know you want to be like one of the boys. You wasn't trying to be like a feminine type dancer, mm-hmm. but there's more to it than like boys and feminine or whatever. What else was part informed how you decided to the focus on the music? It was just how can I move my body to get this sound? Mm. I don't care what I look like. I want to reach this sound. Um, that more than any of the gender stuff or any of the other stuff was the focus for me. It was like, I want to hit this step. I want it to sound like this. I wanted to hit this beat i wanted to go over this bar i wanted i wanted to do this and mm-hmm. um yeah you know and that that also goes back to some of the cultural mix up influences is tap this is tap that is it african is it irish is it this is it that um it's imposed upon the tap dancers sometimes to embody this Eurocentric uh, posture Mm. and very ballet influenced posture and and, uh, body stylings and movement. And it's, uh, it's not necessarily what's natural to the style of tap dancing that's being performed or the genre Mm. of tap dancing that is being performed. I'm not going Mm -hmm. to present my upper body in a European way if what I'm doing down below is influenced by Africa. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, focus uh, my attention where I want it to be focused. So, um, it's, uh, that is a part of it that is not mm-hmm. often talked about. And, mm-hmm. um, so it's about swimming through all of that and just, you know, finding your voice and, you know, I, I don't know how it happened for me, but I was just so, so lucky and so blessed um, to have the particular mentors that I had in Gregory Hines and Buster Brown, um, who, while all these other tap dancers were telling me how to be, and I'd go to them and I'd you know, be crying or like so confused. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to look when I dance. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Constantly just tell me to be myself Mm. uh, and and follow my own voice. And, you know, Mm. when there's like 500 people telling you how to be, but Gregory Hines is telling you be yourself, it gives you a license that... um, you know, it's just so powerful. And yeah. like, mm. and you know, you, and you think of all the dynamics at play, you know, he, I'm a, I was a girl, he's a man. Um, didn't matter. It was be you. Um, 
Mm. And it's just so important to always stay true to yourself because you'll never be able to sustain anything else if you're not. You'll be miserable. You'll be you'll be bitter. You'll be this. You'll be that. You know. You can you everybody could, you can fake it. You can fake it your whole life, but something's gonna fester inside of you. See. So it's it's better to just be true to who you are like from the get-go and you know push through the mud of everything cuz you'll reach it just like everybody else and and you and you'll you'll maintain your 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 spirit and your soul and your you know why you started doing it in the first place mm. ooh i needed to hear that I needed to hear that too. Thank you. <laughs> Damn, you better, you better speak. <laughs> wow. Oh man. Mm. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I think everyone's taking all that in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think all the artists that are listening are going to really appreciate that, whatever medium of art they do. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Universal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you have set the tone for a lot of what's happened. What I've been seeing happening, like, I've been kind of dipping my toes a little bit into the dance world and just kind of observe. Right now, I'm in observation mode. Oh, yeah. We spoke a little bit. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> observing the dance world because it's so new to me. Um, but it, there's a lot of history that's there in terms of different companies and uh Contemporary, traditional, European, uh-huh. Uh-huh. those types of things, and I found I've I've noticed that some tap dance companies have been incorporating more music and instrumentalists into their into their projects. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of that is because of you. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you said it. But I, yeah, you know. I, I really I, do. I wonder. I ponder sometimes. I'm not going to lie. But they don't uh, do it like you. Because <laughs> <laughs> it takes whole practice. And no, no, mm. no tea, no shade to what anyone, what other dance companies are doing and this and the other and and what they've done but i feel like it's a testament to if they haven't taken note before in in incorporating musicians that they'll soon quickly find out come soon <laughs> uh-huh. that uh-huh. the next time around that they see you and hear you mm-hmm. and see what you're doing, there's going to be a greater appreciation mm. and a greater respect. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. Unfortunately, you know. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted to say. <laughs> I, love I love that. You. And I wanted to say it on the record. <laughs> I love you. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I, I think we, we, we should move on to troll trivia, but what you just said, Uni, just also made me think of something else. Cause it's like, what you do is so specific and you've really curated and created a, almost like, like they're like Catherine Dunham, you know what I mean? There's like the Michaela Lerman school. Is that something that you plan on doing like, teaching your method to mm. like the next generation well that's a great great question um i have a bunch of things to say about that and related to what you just said you know and and it is connected to Catherine dunham because you know she went and studied in haiti and in, in, in what she went 
to the places she participated in the rituals. She, she, mm. she, she did that. Mm. And it's, it's equivalent to the experience I have had. There's no, I lived what I learned. I didn't learn it. I lived it. And it's very hard to pass that along, but it, the thing to pass along to a student is, one, what I was saying before, that you have to be true to yourself. And then two, um, you have to live it. You have to live the experiences, you know, um, I don't know if you've noticed, but I have definitely noticed a distinct shift, change in the music that's created now by many people um, because um, there is so much more institutional education for Mm. the music. So you're learning in these very curated, safe spaces. And there are, mm-hmm. and, and most of that is fantastic. <laughs> but there's just another level of experience that you get when you're in the field, um, at the jazz club, yeah. at, living it, getting your ass kicked, getting cussed out by somebody, mm-hmm. you, you get your solo <laughs> cut off, something. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> go through the shit <sighs> to to find yourself to a certain extent. So I, I hope that there is more mm. balance of that in the future. Um, but. As far as like me teaching, I I would love to do that. And, you know, a a huge issue is that there's very, very next to zero. um, I know I just kind of dogged it a little bit, but there's there's no institutional tap dance education. There is no, there is very, very little, I should say. Mm. College level, university level tap anywhere. Um, okay. You know, when you go mm. to a dance program, if you go to Juilliard for dance, that you, you are not going to be a tap dancer. You are going to be right. a ballerina. You're going to be a contemporary dancer. You're not, you, there, it's mm. not offered. Um, ah. Or it's an adjunct class. It's a, it's a, mm-hmm. or it's a club uh, that mm-hmm. students have organized. Um, so, that is really my hope uh, to get it into a program at a Juilliard or an NYU or something like that mm-hmm. to really, um, you know, legitimize tap as yes. as a as an art form and to um, get it into schools that have strong music and jazz programs as well, because it really needs to be this hybrid between the dance departments and the jazz departments. Yes. Uh, Yes. This hybrid education of, of the two. Um, So interesting. You don't see when I, when I was in school, there was, there was a really great dance program where I went, Mm -hmm. but the dancers didn't really interact with musicians. Yeah, but that yeah. that was not necessarily the case when you go back to like the seventies or uh, the eighties or the fifties or the sixties yeah. in the streets in the mm. that everybody was moving and shaking and creating together. Mm-hmm. And That's and true. That, That's true. There's always this missing piece that happens in these institutions. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is separate. Everyone is separated. Everyone There's is separated. Collab- zero collaboration that's going on. Mm-hmm. So, I guess it's really now it's on our generation to make these changes, to have yeah. more collaboration, to create, mm-hmm. to re, to basically dismantle, dismantle, but rebuild these programs for students and I think yeah mm-hmm. and really be in full support of like interdisciplinary artists yeah you know, mm-hmm. like, 
one path, one blueprint? Like, what is that? Fuck genre segregation. Yeah. Like, it's genre, you're an artist, you know what I mean? Like, a painter yeah. is not just inspired by paint. A painter is inspired by the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they paint Ooh. the world, you know? It's not just looking at blue and orange and saying, okay, now I'm going to make a painting, you know, it's like, you have to live it to create, you have to art. live it, you have to mm-hmm. live it, you have to experience it, you have to, you have to connect with other artists, you know, we, you need to read books, you know, you need to do all that kind of stuff to um, create the full picture, you know? Yeah. Oh. You're saying some stuff. I'm like, let me write that down. <laughs> I would love to see. I would love to see in the future the Michaela Lerm- Michaela Lerman Love Movement Foundation. Company Dance Company. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, we're 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 a group. I don't. You know, we 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 did the Joy Theater and we were a dance company there, and then when we did Newport, we were a band. You know what I mean? So Love Movement mm. is just love movement love it's just movement. a movement <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well i do gotta say all of our guests experience um a couple of questions or mm-hmm. tri- trivia as we like to call it okay get to our portion of the end of our shit so okay. Some people get nervous. Some people are excited. Some people like these kinds of things. But needless to say, nonetheless, we force everyone to do it. (laughs) 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 So guess what? It's that time again. It's all right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) all right okay so today's trivia question the first question is who is your jazz Beyonce? My jazz Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> alive? Uh, do they have to be alive? Dead or alive? Dead or right? alive? Dead or alive? Oh my god! Oh, I'm so bad at this stuff. I'll sit here for an hour thinking about this. Hmm. I'm stumped. There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, I'm just stumped because it's like their singing is Beyonce, but their dancing is not. But then this person's stage presence and so many, (laughs) (laughs) so many thoughts. What's your sign, Michaela? I'm a Gemini. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why you have a hard time. I have, I have, like, so many yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Ah. And it could be male or female. It doesn't matter. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter. Well, in terms of like influence changing the game, these are going to be kind of random, but like, I would say, like, I don't know how to answer this question. Next question. <laughs> you were going to say somebody. So who was that? Well, I would say like. It doesn't have to be like, like, don't think too literal of Beyonce. Just like who, which, who can do no wrong. So like for me, I said Nancy Wilson. Like for me, oh. like it's just like, okay. For me, like, it's Jackie McLean. Like. 
I, I was going to say Monk. I was honestly going to say Monk a Ooh, while ago. Yeah. I, I love monk. that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Yeah. And, I, and I held it back. And then I was like, and then I thought of Carmen McRae, actually. Mm. Just the, like just yeah. the, the yeah. sultriness, yeah. you know? Like, just yeah. the beauty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, oh, nice. this question always brings out so much in people. It does. <laughs> it's very revealing. Yeah. Now I know so much more about you. Which that you chose Monk? I'm like, oh, okay. Who was playing like that before? Nobody, yeah. right? And and nobody since. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And changed the game. <laughs> changed it. It just mm-hmm. was just that was that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, next question. Okay. In 1962, Sonny Rollins Rollins released one of his most notable records, The Bridge. Mm -hmm. What bridge did Sonny Rollins practice on that famously attributed this record? Was it A, The Brooklyn Bridge, B, the George Washington Bridge, C, the Williamsburg Bridge, or D, the Golden Gate Bridge? It was either the Brooklyn or Manhattan Bridge. Or Williamsburg Bridge. Is it the Brooklyn Bridge? (laughs) (laughs) Williamsburg. Yeah, oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> nice. Cool. The Williamsburg Bridge is beautiful. I love that bridge. What New York bridge is not iconic? Yeah. Right. Yeah. They all right? are. Yeah. But Brooklyn yeah. Bridge is like. Brooklyn is special. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's the stone, you know, the stone towers. Yeah. There's no way he could climb yeah. up on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> He climbed up on there with his saxophone. I can't. All right, Sonny. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) What song or track did De La Soul sample for the song Stakes is High? Is it A, Swahili Land by Ahmad Jamal? B, Firewater by Joe Henderson? C, Gemini by Jimmy Heath? Or D, None of the Above? I think it was A. I'm proud of myself for that one. Yeah. 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 All right, last question. What song or track did Pete Rock sample for Nas's The World Is Yours? Is it A, Round Midnight by Thelonious Monk? B, I Love Music by Jamal Jamal? C, Un Poco Loco by Bud Powell, or D, None of the Above? B! A! That's my little Ahmad Jamal tribute. Rest That's beautiful. That's beautiful, Yanni. We love you, Ahmad Jamal. We miss you. We love Ahmad Jamal. Yeah, rest in power. Mm-hmm. 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 Wow. This was a really beautiful conversation. This was amazing. Yeah, I feel like very inspired. Me too. And I learned a lot too. And I hope I hope you all mm-hmm. did learn a lot. Yeah. Taking a peek into your world, Michaela, that is so different than just like as a horn player or a pianist, but like it right. was also different to like the traditional path of a of said dancer. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thank you for sharing all of that. And I hope that mm-hmm. we've brought you more fans and yes. people to come and check you out on your, what are you doing this yes. summer? This summer, uh, I'm actually going to be doing a, a residency working on the show I created for the Joyce. Um, mm-hmm. 
fixing it. I'm buttering it up. Right? I'm cooking it up. Beautiful. So that's that's nice. Yeah, I'll be there. So. <laughs> and before that, is there any opportunities for us to see you do your hoofing? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I, will be hoping, um, I will be hoping May 19th at the uh, Jamaica, Downtown Jamaica Jazz Festival. Um, Beautiful. Just curated by Rio from the Jazz Gallery. Mm-hmm. And I'll be opening for Ravi Coltrane. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. May 19th. May 19th. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's called the J-Cal. J-C-A-L. Jazz Fest. And then uh, I have something for National Tap Dance Day. So National Tap Dance Day is May 25th, everybody. And um, it is actually a national holiday that was established mm. in 1989 by Gregory Hines. And um, yeah, and uh, we're gonna have uh, an event at the National Jazz Museum in Harlem. So those are the Beautiful. two main things coming up. Yes. Yeah. All right. March nineteenth and March twenty fifth is yeah. uh-huh. cool. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, y'all. Make sure y'all tap in. Oh, tap in. Yes. Yes. Um, and we have this little like sign off that we do. Like um, I'll say whatever you do. And then uni says, remember to, and then together we say, make jazz chill again. Okay. You down? I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you everybody for listening, for checking in to the make jazz chill again podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Melanie Charles. And we co-host. We Danny have Mo. Thank you to our special guest, Michaela Marino Lerman. And signing off, whatever you do, remember to make that drill again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>